welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Here we discuss marriage, parenting, discipleship, homeschooling, and everything else that comes into play when you're following God's plan for your family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I'm joined by Elizabeth Urbanowitz. We'll be discussing teaching worldview to your children, um, not waiting until they're older, but really investing the time while they're young to help them develop a very strong foundation on which to build their faith and to set their worldview. You're going to get some great insights and ideas that will help you as you're discipling your children in that way. I hope you'll also be challenged to invest more time in honing your own worldview as a parent because that's going to make you a lot more confident in passing it on as well. We are so glad that you're here. So let's dive right in. who had not tuned in to the last time when we lost our sound, I was introducing our guest today. We have Elizabeth Urbanowitz, who is with Foundation Worldview. And Elizabeth is just a joy to be around. And I had gushed like crazy about her in that last recording. But I do want you guys to know that Elizabeth is so full of joy. She is just one of my favorite people that I've met over the last few years because she is always Just an encouragement to be around. I like seeing her walking around the exhibit hall and seeing her walking to and from her sessions because she just infuses a joy into the room. So um, I think you guys are really going to be encouraged by what she has to say today as we discuss teaching worldview to our children. So Elizabeth, welcome. Can you tell us just a little bit about your background? Because I think it's so important where you're coming in from for kind of setting a foundation for what we're going to talk about today. Yes. Thank you so much for that introduction, Leslie. And thank you to everyone watching for your patience. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened on the technology end, but so thankful for this technology that can enable us to connect in this season of somewhat isolation. Um, As Leslie said, my name is Elizabeth Urbanowitz, and I currently create curriculum in the category of worldview and apologetics for elementary students. And my background, initially, I spent the first 10 years of my professional career as an elementary teacher in a Christian school. And I just love of working with children and I love teaching them the truth about who God is and what his word says. That's one of my greatest passions. You know, you know, as parents that there's just no greater joy than to know that your children are walking in the truth. And that is just one of my greatest passions. And several years into my teaching experience, I noticed that the students in my classroom, they came from these great Christian homes. I was giving them a biblically based education all day long. Most of them were involved in church, but they were still rapidly absorbing ideas from the culture. And, you know, a lot of them, their parents were very careful with what they allowed in their home and what they didn't, but still without, you know, like just accidentally, they were absorbing these ideas. So I started to look for, Lord, what can I do, you know, to just equip the students that you have placed in my care to get them to critically think like every time an idea comes their way so that they can figure out whether or not it aligns with your word and whether or not they should accept it or reject it. And everything that I found that would equip kids to do that was for high school on up. And I thought, you know, if I'm seeing this problem with my students when they're 
eight or nine years old, if we wait, you know, until they're in high school, we've lost so much valuable time, you know, and especially as parents, you know, our children are in our home, you know, for 18 years and sometimes more, you know, if they, you know, do college or post, you know, graduation work at home. But sometimes, you know, 18 years is all we have with them specifically in our home. And we want to capitalize on every single moment, you know, that the Lord has given us. And so that's when I started, um, I just started creating resources on my own for the students in my classroom to just teach them, okay, what are big questions every worldview has to answer? How does God answer them in the Bible? How do different worldviews answer them? And then how can we tell what's true? And so that they were seeing, oh my goodness, God's word consistently shows us what is true. And so everybody kind of just went nuts when they saw the results from the students that were in my classroom that they were wanting to pause family movie night, you know, and evaluate the character's worldview. Like the next year, teachers were coming back and like, how did you get your kids to think about math and science and social studies this way? So anyway, people kept contacting me and asking me for these resources. And I was like, whoa, like I'm, I'm a third grade teacher. I'm not a publishing house. (laughs) But after a couple of years of those requests, I was like, okay, Lord, I think something's here. So I went back to school and I got a master's degree in Christian apologetics from Biola University, just to make sure that I really, you know, knew what I was talking about. And then after that, God called me out of the classroom then to start this ministry, just to equip others to really get our kids critically thinking about the truth of the Christian worldview. So that's kind of the background in a nutshell. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We were talking a little bit before we went live, you know, so many people, when they think worldview, and she alluded to this a little bit, they automatically jump to high school. But the fact of the matter is, if you wait until high school to start teaching worldview, we've really waited too long because by then our our kids already have a lot of things set. You know, you as a parent who is teaching your children diligently, you're starting teaching your worldview when they're very, very, very little with simple things like, you know, you speak kindly. The Bible says be kind and, you know, you forgive and all of these things. You're, you're starting out very small. And it's so much more than just teaching our children uh, check boxes. Yes, no, you do this, you don't do this. These are the Christian morality. This is not. And it, it's teaching them to think biblically and to think critically. And and how does that, you know, I know from our personal family, what that has looked like through the years. But Elizabeth, what are some things that, that parents can really take advantage of, especially right now, while everything is all askew? And we'll, we'll have a definite conversation about right now, but kind of bigger picture, what are some situations or um, scenarios in which it's very easy and very natural to teach our children diligently that worldview that we're passing on? Yes, that's an excellent question. Just, you know, like, where can we start? And what I always tell people is one of the most important things to start with, especially in the culture in which we're living in, is the concept of truth. Because this concept is so confused in our culture. And if we're not careful, you know, like our children can grow up memorizing John 14, 6, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And what they'll actually be hearing is Jesus said, I am the way for some people. I am the truth for some people. I am the life for some people. And that's not what he said, you know, and truth is true for everybody. So one thing that I, I really recommend with parents is even just starting off with like a basic definition of talking about what truth is, because a lot of times when we ask our kids, what does it mean for something to be true? They don't necessarily have an understanding of what that means aside from well, I have to tell the truth, which is important. But what does that mean when we say tell the truth? Well, it means tell what really happened, tell what is real. So truth is what is real. And then getting them to look at the difference between an objective truth or a subjective truth claim. Like, you know, for me, I love 
toasted coconut ice cream. That's true for me. You know, like Leslie, you might hate that and say that's not true for me. And that's fine, you know, because it's personal preference and opinion. But with something like, you know, two plus two equals four, that's not like, well, you know, that's my opinion. And Leslie, if you think two plus two equals five, that's because you know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so that they get that concept of truth so that then when somebody, you know, one day when they're talking to someone and they say like, oh, that's nice, you know, that you think Jesus is the Mm -hmm. is the way or that's nice that you think God exists. But that's your opinion. Well, it's like, no, that that's not like it's either true or it's false. Like either God exists or he doesn't. He doesn't pop into existence because of my feelings and he doesn't pop out. So I guess just as a practical thing for parents, even if you're working with preschoolers, you can just get them to begin thinking about the difference between truth and feelings. And so you can just say a sentence, you know, something like the sky is blue. And if it's truth, you know, like have them pop up and spread their arms out and say true, you know. And if you say something that's a feeling, you know, like ice cream is the most delicious dessert, just have them hug themselves and say feeling. And we can, you know, when they're older, when they're, you know, like eight, nine, 10, we can start teaching the concept of objective truth, you know, that's outside of us versus just subjective feelings. And that's one of the most foundational things because it's so under attack in our culture. And a lot of times parents don't even realize it. Like actually a lot of parents who go through foundation, the curriculum I recommended will email me when they get to unit five or unit one, lesson five, because the question that we ask is, is the truth true for everybody? And the majority of kids will actually answer no, it's not. And they've just absorbed this idea. So that's what I would say foundational. Let's just start during the season, start talking about what's truth versus what's feeling so that they get that concept. (laughs) Well, and another great opportunity for us as parents is to teach our children to express those things lovingly. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we have the truth. God's word is truth, but we, we lose the ability to share that truth when we don't love people, when, you know, that doesn't come through. And so as your kids are growing up and as you are modeling, even when they're very, very young, we as parents have a great opportunity to tell, to show them, to model for them that, yes, there is absolute truth. And I mean, that extends into sin and all kinds of stuff, but God is absolutely full of love for people. And we need to be absolutely full of love for people too. But loving people does not allow you know, it's not compatible with there being no absolute truth because there's there's that foundation to build on. So I would encourage all of us parents to think through mm-hmm. these things, but also think of how we are modeling, you know, from an attitude standpoint and from a heart standpoint for our children as well. So, yeah, that that's yes. true. Even, you know, we have teenagers now and it started much earlier than I was expecting with they thank the Lord have never really struggled with truth, but with so many of their friends that really, really have, because everything that they're faced with and confronted with is you do you, you know, what's for you, I, who am I to judge and all of these things. And, you know, that's, that's not really compatible with God's word. Yeah, I love how you summarize that, Leslie, because that when we look in the Gospels, that's exactly what we see from Jesus, you know, truth and love, you know, perfectly there that he never shied away from the truth and he never used the truth as a hammer. He always used it to love people well. And then, you know, like even when we look at the epistles, you know, like in First John, like that's John's theme, you know, truth in love. And so I just love the way you summarize that and show that with your kids. <laughs> well, it's in and. and- 
you know, there were so many things that we did as young parents that was just an answer to us, you know, throwing up our hands and saying, God, we don't know what to do. Help us. And you look back with a rearview mirror and you see the product of what God created through these little, little things, these little conversations. And you realize how good and faithful God is to work, Mm -hmm. even when we as parents are. We just feel like we're completely over our head. We're not worthy of this great task that we're given. And yet we serve a good, good, worthy, Mm. wonderful God. So take heart with all of these conversations. God is at work, even when you feel like you're flubbing it. So another thing that I wanted to throw out for you, though, and really probably where we'll park the rest of our time is right now, everything in the world is upside down and inside out. I mean, nothing, nothing looks like what we're used to. How can parents really capitalize on this moment in time and when we're all together all the time to really take advantage of the opportunities that we're given right now? Yes. With that, the situation we're walking through, you know, really is a big worldview situation and just the opportunities that we have to talk with our kids. And I mean, obviously, it depends on what age your kids are, you know, and what's developmentally appropriate, you know, to bring up also, you know, like if your kids, you know, struggle with anxiety, you know, obviously being careful, you know, about not, you know, including too much news or something like that there. But just when we're in this situation where we're dealing with a virus, you know, a virus that's making people sick, a virus you know, that's causing death in some places, this is a great opportunity to talk about the Christian worldview and how it speaks to that. Because in the Christian worldview, death is the ultimate enemy. Death is the ultimate enemy. And that's, you know, we're coming up on Easter. And like, that is what Easter is all about. It's about Jesus defeating sin and death. And so according to the Christian worldview, you know, like this, what's going on right now is really pointing us to the way to how things are not the way they're supposed to be, you know? And so these are a great opportunity to, you know, like read passages of scripture with our kids, you know, where Paul talks about, you know, the the final enemy to be destroyed is death, you know, and then passage about Jesus being raised and how, according to the Christian worldview, this is not how things should be. Where it's interesting, if you look at other worldviews, this is an opportunity to talk with our kids about other worldviews and how, what, what's happening right now really doesn't make sense in other worldviews. For example, if you look at, you know, naturalism or a worldview that believes only the physical is real and we evolved in that worldview, death is, death is the victor. (laughs) You know, death is what helps. Yes. Death is what helps evolution along. And I actually had a really interesting conversation. I went to the doctor right before this whole kind of craziness started. And he was asking me what I did for professionally. And so I was explaining a little bit. He's like, oh, that's very interesting. I think you and I have very different worldviews. And I asked him, you know, I was like, oh, you know, like, would you consider yourself an atheist? And he said, yes. And I said, you know, that's really interesting. Here you are healing people. Can you tell me how that works into your worldview? And he's like, you know, actually, it's funny you should ask that. He's like, because it kind of goes against my worldview. He's like, because if I'm being consistent, he's like, you know, death and sickness destroy the weak and I should be letting that happening, but instead I'm fighting against it. You know, so just, just conversations that we can have with our kids like that, you know, like it's not just like, you know, like evolution versus God. And it's like, wow, look at where this leads, you know, like with God's narrative, we're all treating this like the enemy because it is with, you know, like the evolutionary paradigm, like this is the victor, you know, this, this virus is doing what it's supposed to do, but nobody is treating it that way. No one in our society is like, let it go, you know, like let it, you know, like let it just wreak this havoc. This is good. So just to have those kind of conversations with our kids. um, Also, you know, in a time when, you know, we might be feeling isolated, 
just we can't go to the parks and libraries and museums with our kids anymore. You know, we can't be with our church family to even talk about how in the biblical worldview, it's all about reconciliation with God, you know, in this restored relationship. And so this isolation that we're feeling that again shows us, you know, how the biblical worldview is true, that we weren't meant to be isolated. You know, we weren't meant to be separated from the family of God. You know, we weren't meant to be separated from our neighbors. Um, so just just some things in depending on, you know, who your kids are, what age they are, just to talk with them about, you know, like death and sickness being the enemy. And then also this reconciliation with God. This is why it's hard to be apart because we were designed to be reconciled to yeah. God, to be reconciled to each other. So those are a couple of key things. <laughs> oh, that's, that's really, really awesome. And as, even as you were talking, you know, right now we have a lot of opportunities, but honestly, those opportunities are there no matter what, because there's still mm-hmm. news, there's still um, stuff going on in there's still history class. You know, I, we've had some of our best <laughs> worldview conversations just in reading about what has happened in the world historically. Mm-hmm. And it's really such a good opportunity. It's a challenge to me. And one of the things that I would challenge you parents with is if you are really focusing in on trying to transfer your worldview to your children in a biblical solid worldview, that really challenges you to make sure you are grounded well mm-hmm. in what you believe and why and how, you know, you're not going to struggle with the same questions as you're growing in your faith and strengthening that relationship and your knowledge level of what God's word says, because your worldview will be strengthened too. And I think that one of the things that is so awesome about a a teach them diligently lifestyle, one where we're really focused on passing our faith to our children is the way that it grows mom and dad. Um, Mm. So you alluded to that uh, even where you're getting feedback from mom and dad about how their children are reacting to questions, but what kind of feedback have you gotten from moms and dads about just how this has challenged their own way of thinking and made them think about stuff that they've taken for granted for so long? Yes, that's such an interesting question, because that is something where I just really saw God's hand just in this whole process of what he's called me to do that originally, you know, when I went to publish a curriculum, I was just thinking, you know, like, okay, you know, like the parents guide, and then the students information. And then about three months before we were going to launch, I really felt the Holy Spirit was telling me, like, you need to do videos, like you need to do videos for the parents, and you need to do videos for the kids. And I was like, okay, Lord, you're just gonna have to provide the funds. And the next day he did provided every single penny I needed for that. And so we did videos for every lesson for the parents and then videos for the students. And so one of the main things that um, parents say, even just I was able to be at the the Nashville event, you know, in person uh, two months ago, which was so great and had a bunch of moms come and say how much, how thankful they were for the parent videos and that they learned so much and that this has just enabled them to have so many more conversations with their kids that all of a sudden, you know, like little things where, you know, we might just not pick up on it. It might just be part of culture that we're so used to. And we didn't actually think of, oh, wait a minute, this comes from a different worldview. Like this doesn't stem from Christianity. Um, And so all of a sudden, you know, as parents, like we're able to pick up on those things and then have more intentional conversations with our kids so that we're training them, you know, to constantly be thinking like, wait a minute, what did I just hear? Where does that come from? Oh, wait a minute. That's not what God's word says. You know, like God's word says this, and this is how we know it's true. So that's always encouraging to me because, you know, as we're teaching our children, you know, like we learn even more than they do no in the process usually. No um, <laughs> yeah, I um, I have been challenged by my children on so many occasions, 
you know, one thing that we started teaching them when they were young is that you need to be ready to give an answer. You know, first, I think it's first Peter that tells us that be ready to give an answer when, you know, for the hope that lies within you. And so we've been really intentionally trying to train them to do that. And I don't know if it's because my oldest are boys and boys are just naturally more bold, but to see my boys who are now 20 and 18 going out, not only ready, but bold in giving an answer Mm -hmm. for the hope that lies in them is so exciting because the, the kids get a view of how God can use them even while they're still in high school or young in college. Um, right. You know, we have, we've tried to instill in them right where you are is right where God wants to use you. And as we're equipping them, we have seen that play out. And, and I just want to encourage all the moms and dads out there listening God takes these little seeds of truth and he mm-hmm. can multiply that so much in your children's heart. And, and the reach that you have, you know, can, it just multiplies accordingly. You know, there's two of us, but we have four children and that, you know, that multiplication is just pretty awesome. So um, just a real encouragement that there will come a day if you have littles, actually, even while my kids were little, they were pretty bold. We have, um, <laughs> they were bold. <laughs> they weren't they weren't particularly <laughs> polished, but they were polished. <laughs> but but it's exciting to see their faith grow and really truly becoming their own. Mm-hmm. So that is, isn't that just so exciting? It's like what you've been aiming for, you know, ever since they, you know, like before they came out of the womb and then to see, you know, like God be faithful and answering those prayers, just, you know, no greater joy than that. Yep. Yep. Well, what are some of the biggest questions that you are asked about how to teach worldview? I mean, it seems it's such a big concept. And, um, you know, I think that for some of us, we kind of shy away from big concepts. So what you you kind of boiled it down at the beginning of our conversation to really starting with truth. What is truth? But what are some of the other kind of big concept breakers that, that you hand out to parents as they are trying not to get overwhelmed by the largeness and the scope of this, this passing on. Yes. Well, the first thing that I say, you know, like just to not be overwhelmed, you know, as you said before, Leslie, you know, like the God is faithful, you know, like as we consistently, you know, follow him and seek him, you know, if we're veering in the wrong direction, we can trust the Holy Spirit to reveal that, you know, and even if, if, if we chose to ignore that, we can still trust God's grace, you know, in, in our kids. Um, But one thing that I, that I just encourage parents is to be intentional because the word worldview just sounds kind of like so big and sometimes scary. And sometimes it's just a buzz word that we're like, I think I kind of know what that means, but I don't really know. And we just say like, well, we'll just leave it to the, you know, like the natural conversations that happen with our kids. And that's so important because our worldview is about everything, you know, so those conversations that happen, you know, like in the car, you know, on the way to soccer practice, you know, or around the dining room table, those are really important. But if you think of something like mathematics, if somebody came, you know, like and asked, you know, one of us like, oh, so what are your kids learning in mathematics and homeschool this year? And we're like, oh, we just love mathematics so much, you know, like we leave it to the organic moments, you know, like it comes up, you know, like in the cars, run away to soccer practice, you know, around the kitchen table, that person would be like, well, clearly they don't do anything with mathematics. Yeah, we're intentional, you know, because we know we have to be really systematic if we want our kids mm-hmm. to have a solid foundation in mathematics. So I would say, you know, if our children's worldview is that important, we need to have those organic moments, but we also need to be really systematic right. in what we're doing and not just leave it to the random organic moments. So I always say the foundation of truth is, is, you know, like what I would start with after that, looking at who is God, because understanding who God is, is, 
you know, I mean, it encompasses everything, (laughs) you know, so I would say, you know, looking at the question, who is God so that our kids, you know, have an accurate understanding of that. And then other worldviews, you know, like, what do they believe? You know, worldviews that believe there is no God or worldviews that believe, well, you know, I have part of God in me and you have part of God in you. Um, Looking at that, then the creation question, you know, how did life begin? That's, that's such an important one, because as you know, as we're looking, even at this pandemic, we were just talking about, you know, the answer to the question, how did life begin leads to very different conclusions, you know, how you believe that. Then another question is, who am I? Or what does it mean to be human? Because, you know, we live in a culture that, that is so confused right now about what it means to be human, specifically in regards, um, you know, to marriage and gender and sexuality. So looking at, you know, like we're both body and soul and male and female are not accidental, you know, like they're purposeful parts of being created in God's image. And then finally, the question, how can I tell right from wrong? Because, you know, Leslie, as you said before, you know, there's just this, well, you do you attitude. (laughs) Um, And that's, you know, that's not, that's not what God has said. God hasn't said, you know, like, well, you guys decide what's right. You know, like we look at the book of judges, you know, like where it says, you know, in those days there was no King in Israel and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And it just spiraled out of control. So how do we, how do we tell right from wrong? So I would say those things like truth, God, life, humans, and right and wrong, that those are five really big components. Um, But if you could just be systematic, you know, even just thinking like, okay, this month, you know, we're going to talk a lot about truth and family devotions, you know, or this month, we're going to specifically study the attributes of God, you know, just being systematic there in those areas. Yeah. I know at Teach Them Diligently events, you address a lot of very specific issues in trying to help people navigate worldview, really tough ones. In fact, as I'm looking at your topics, I'm always like, whew, Glad that's not me talking on that. Um, so, but what for the teach them diligently at home um, families? What are you going to be talking about? What specific issues? What What are some of your topics that are coming up in teach them diligently at home? Yes. So one of the concepts we're going to talk about is a more research-based session looking, it's called Raising Faithful Disciples in a Culture of Confusion. And sometimes there's just so much information coming our way. It's like, I don't know, everybody says things are bad. I don't really know what to do with it. Um, So we're just going to look specifically at some data, you know, that's been in our society and just look at where are we as a culture and then what tools has God given us to address these. And so I always, whenever, whenever I do research, I try to be really, really careful. I don't, you know, choose the most alarming statistic. I try to choose, you know, the most conservative one, you know, from, from a reputable source. So we'll just look at, you know, like, where are we and what can we do? Then there's another session that we'll cover called equipping our kids to discern and follow truth. And so I alluded to some of those things earlier, you know, like talking about objective versus subjective. So we're going to, in that session, we're going to go through four practical activities that you can use in your home, you know, today, just to start laying that foundation for truth. Um, Then doing another one called equipping our kids to see that biblical faith is not blind. And in that one, we're specifically going to dive into critical thinking skills, because a lot of times when we think of spiritual formation with our kids, we think about, you know, like the heart and their feelings towards God. And we think about the hands, their actions, which are so vital. But then there's a third piece. There's also the head there. So how can we connect the head, the heart and the hands, you know, really to get them to understand that like Christianity is true and that this is what life is all about. And then the, the, um, maybe the most tricky one, (laughs) um, is a session I'm going to be doing called equipping our kids to navigate the LGBTQ movement in truth and love. And so we're going to just kind of look a little bit at where is our culture and then look specifically at how can we equip our kids to understand the root 
errors in our culture's view of humans rather than simply focusing on the fruit. Because, you know, it might not be appropriate, you know, to talk about, you know, transgenderism with a six-year-old. But if we can talk about the root issue there, then they're going to be prepared when that does come up one day. And we're also, we also specifically talk about how to do this in truth and in love. And we talk about how people are not a political movement. People are image bearers of God, you know, and we want to make sure that that's how we're always viewing people, you know, even if they're, you know, very aggressively promoting a lifestyle that we know that goes against God's design. How do we love them and speak truth? Yeah, absolutely. Well, make sure that you tune in to her workshops. You will really gain a lot by doing so. I have a question for you, though, that came in as you were talking. Stacy, her family is just finishing Foundations Worldview. And so she wanted me to ask what you would think would be an appropriate next step. What comes after Foundations Worldview? Yes, that is a wonderful question. And so I guess the answer to that question depends on their age. So if she has older children, you know, who are in like middle school age, then for high school, the the materials we recommend for high school, we're really big fans of Summit Ministries and what they do. And they have some great curriculum out there. And we also recommend um, access.org, which is another family discipleship ministry that focuses on really intentional conversations you can have with your kids in high school. If they're in the young Younger elementary age, there's not like a whole lot out there that does like comparative worldview like we do, but we are Lord willing, hoping to launch our second curriculum in March of 2021. So if you have younger kids, then uh, you can wait next year. Lord willing, we will have our second curriculum out. (laughs) Well, she just posted that her children are in middle school. So middle school. Yes. So, so Great. So Stacy, I would, I would recommend then that you check out, um, just go to summit ministry. I don't know if it's summit.org, but just check out summit ministries because they have um, some stuff for high school or upper um, middle school and then access.org. Those are the two recommendations I would have. And Leslie, you, you know, a lot in this world, so you might have other recommendations as well. Well, and, and, you know, if they're kind of falling in between that, they're younger middle school, not quite ready maybe for the the depth of the summit materials, then I would really recommend just taking what you've discussed with foundations and just digging deeper. Just, you know, make those conversations a little bit more mature and let that, let that, you know, you've got this great base of information and just so much scripture and so much good stuff to build on. Now your children are going to start asking different more difficult questions. They're going to start challenging you more on, you know, how quickly you are thinking. And, and one thing that I found to be the most true is start your day every day, praying that God would fill your mouth with the words to, to answer your children's questions. And he is so faithful. I'm doing a session on Wednesday about praying for your children and how Mm -hmm. strategically that, that has changed the whole trajectory of our family, just when I started strategically praying scripture for our children. And you'll Mm -hmm. find that when you're doing that and you're keying in and focusing in on that, that God takes those conversations and he just gets them as deep as that child is able to handle at that moment. So you have such a great tool set already from Elizabeth and from the way that she has tied this all together. You know, if you're, if you're younger in middle school and you're, you're kind of waiting until you get a little bit more maturity on the part of the kids for Summit, um, I would just encourage you to pray and, and the Lord will help you take those deeper. So, well, Elizabeth, we are out of time. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
Thank you so much for having me. It was so great to be on with you, Leslie. Good, good, good. Well, make sure you tune into her stuff within Teach Them Diligently at Home. You'll be very, very glad you did. I can't, I should have looked this up and honestly, I've been going so fast. I don't know when her next session comes up, but be watching on the, on the schedule. It's coming soon. But otherwise, check out Foundation Worldview. You want to give us the web address for that real quick? Yes, if you just go to foundationworldview.com, you'll find all of our materials there. Sounds good. All right. Thank you all so much for joining us, and um, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you on site at one of our many events each year and throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Go to www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to get more details and resources to encourage and equip your family. While you're there, you can also pick up the show notes and additional information from today's show. It's our daily prayer that God will encourage and equip your family through Teach Them Diligently, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or share your stories with us on social media with the hashtag WeTTD. God is doing great things within His families all around the world, and we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd also love to have you join us by subscribing to our podcast and then sharing it with a friend who could use a little encouragement as they too follow God's plan for their family. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I look forward to visiting with you again real soon.